0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, and Spags, I think we're going to draft a team for a million dollars today, or two million dollars, or do you you, have you decided do you want to win the regular season or the top prize?
1: I mean, I think we're going to win it all in today's draft, Pete, because we're also going to talk about some ADP risers and followers. We even got graphics talking about the guys that have moved the most over the last week, and of course, we are going to be drafting for $10 million in total prizes in Best Ball Mania 3. Will it be on Pete's account or my account? We'll find out right after this intro. (music) Thank <music> you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how are you doing? I was actually just watching your ship-chasing show with Sean Siegel from last week. And, and really, all the insights that were in there, I feel like have already started to bear out in reality right before our eyes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that feels like, uh, ages ago, it was a very good show, uh, with Sean and then we're actually drafting with him tonight on ship chasing. So we'll get to put some of those ideas on their feet and, uh, should be a good time. We drew the one Oh five tonight, which is always a pretty comfy spot.
1: Yeah, it's got a lot going on here. Of course, it's best ball season, so make sure you subscribe to the Peach channel as well as the Splash Play channel, which will be the exclusive home of all of our NFL DFS content when week one starts. So go subscribe to that youtube.com slash C slash Splash Play pod or hit the link in the description to go subscribe on YouTube right now. Uh, but, Pete, I feel like I'm going to throw the floor to you a little bit here because I think there might be some news you want to hit on. I have the Deshaun Watson news item. I guess let's just get this out of the way. I know we love talking to Sean Watson here. Officially suspended 11 games, fined $5 million after a settlement between Between the NFL, the NFL PA, his theoretical season debut is now the date apparently the NFL didn't want. December 4th against the Texans looks like he'll be the first time he's eligible to play. How do you feel about this one to Saga potentially being over, Pete? I guess, barring something unforeseen, at this point, it feels like we are now officially locked into 11 games.
0: Yeah, I was just writing this up for the uh, the Fantasy Life newsletter tomorrow, and I did say the one silver lining is that this is over, because it was like all of these things that hang over our heads way back when it was where was Julio going to sign that seemed to drag on forever way back when it was where is Devante Adams going to go. So when these sagas get wrapped up, it feels good in that regard, but I mean, this was just such a slap on the wrist, all things considered. So much doublespeak, too. You know, the league throwing around how they wanted an indefinite suspension and a big fine and all this stuff. And then it comes down to 11 games, you know, five more than the one doled out from Sue Robinson. And then only a $5 million fine, which, you know, when you're making a $230 million guaranteed contract is literally a drop in the bucket for him. So this seemed pretty weak, but also very on brand for the NFL. And of course the one thing they're good at, you know, dialing up a a soap opera here with him coming back to play the Texans, because that's what we should be getting excited about is his revenge game
1: against the Texans. Yeah, for the 3-8 and eight Texans versus the 3-8 and eight Browns, I'm sure we will be seeing on December 4th. But I'm just glad to have this saga behind us. Glad to not to talk about it in a very uncomfortable thing uh, for everybody to have to squeeze into their NFL fantasy football content. So you'll be seeing probably a lot of Jacoby Brissett. And we'll see if the Browns do anything else here. I think there's been some rumors of Jimmy Garoppolo. Feels like 11-game suspension. Maybe they don't go that way. But, uh, Pete, any news items you want to hit? Because I have a few here. I'm wondering about their actual... Uh, how much you'll care about them. One, I think you might enjoy from an ironic perspective, but anything in the Fantasy Life newsletter that you want to bring to the people, because I did note today's newsletter was basically a sponsored post for Amon Ra St. Brown. (laughs) It was, yeah. Amon Ra and the talk of
0: the town. He was trending on Twitter yesterday, I think because of some of his hard knocks clips circulating. And then uh, Matt Harmon, who writes up some reception perception uh, stuff for us in the newsletter, also had a profile on him. So yeah, I've been pretty excited about Amon Ra. He's always a guy. I'm excited to draft and uh, now we'll see if he gets the hard knocks bump or not to his ADP. I would say the only other kind of big story slash non story from yesterday was Melvin Gordon being pretty candid during a press conference. And, you know, there was the quote floating around where he said they want uh, Vontae Javante to be the guy. When you watch the entire clip, it's uh, you know, he was basically referring to someone asked him a question of like, who's going to get the first carry of the game. And he kind of made it seem like, yeah, this is going to be a committee, but, you know, Javante is going to be on the good side of it. And I didn't think there was actually anything truly actionable there. Although there was, I don't know if you watched the clip, but there was this kind of resigned tone in his voice where he made it seem like I could see where the winds are blowing here and they clearly want Javante to get more touches. I, that was just what his voice was telling me. I don't know if that's actually going to be the case, but I thought it was an interesting little thing to point out regardless.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, a lot of the fantasy are, uh, analysts out there make the same argument, wanting to see more Javante. even though these guys were basically statistically uh, pretty similar players other than a little bit of a slight edge and missed tackle rate right last year for Javante Williams. But it seems like the same situation we've known. Probably you could expect at best for Melvin Gordon, a 50-50 split, probably more likely a 60-40 split with a younger back getting some love. But uh, definitely no surprises there. So, Pete, the ironic news item that I feel like we need to hit, which I got tagged in a bunch of things. Drew Locke announced to be starting this week in the preseason Seahawks game. Also is going to be working with the ones all week. Turns out, Pete, he's got COVID. I need to defend Drew Locke a little bit. He's vaccinated. He's done everything he could to play it safe, play it smart. But uh, to see Drew Locke get the chance to start, to work with the ones all week and then have it dashed away. I'm sure crippling for you, Pete, is also a fellow huge Drew Locke fan. Yeah. You know what? It's uh, this is a classic
0: Spags news item. It just, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks QB battle just doesn't come across my radar as much, you know, when I'm kind of filtering for the most important things, but I knew I should have known that you would dig this news item up. So yeah. Sorry to your, your young Prince who now has COVID tough
1: break. I honestly think it's not the worst thing in the world to have a little more mystery box for Drew Lock. Like we draft these guys in fantasy, talk a lot about the mystery box kind of profile where you don't know what these guys are over the course of years, so you can find it out. For Seattle, like we kind of have a read on what Drew Lock is. If you want to spin it positively, you look at the rushing, look at the deep ball throwing, look at the control he had in their preseason game. But I think Pete, between Drew Locke and Geno Smith, like at this point, either these guys playing less snaps and just being less visible in live game action, potentially throwing that that back crippling pick that I think could happen. I feel like I don't mind Drew Locke sitting this one out, hoping that Geno just completely falls on his face. Uh, yeah,
0: no, I, I, I'm with you on that part, Adam. Trust me, we're not, we're not having a, a COVID discussion from like two years ago, right now. That's not, that's not what we're doing. Um, I will also say not to, not to change the subject on on the Seahawks. I am always happy to give you Brood. your platform to talk about Drew Locke, but. We haven't talked a lot about what's going on with Tom Brady here today. And Lauren, my wife, texted me out of the blue this morning. She goes, did Giselle and Tom break up? And I was Mm -hmm. like, what? And so I start frantically like Googling on Twitter or something. And I I couldn't find anything other than a few unsubstantiated rumors. But I mean, we're at the full on rumor stage right now. Should we be worried about Tom's personal absence from a football standpoint? Do we think his his life is crumbling behind the scenes? What's the word?
1: Well, wasn't it like one of the guys in chat, I think, on Monday's show with us uh, with Splash Play, of course, where um, somebody was saying, like, oh, there's rumors that Tom Brady's going to rehab for painkillers. Like, it could just be that people are spinning whatever the most negative you know, interpretation or personal reasons could be. You know, there's been a lot of weird signs around this whole situation, obviously, with him retiring, uh, reportedly wanted to take time away to spend more time with his family Then he does retire and unretires because apparently he didn't want to spend more time with his family. So. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me at this point if any of the things I still expect Tom Brady to show up and take care of business. But I feel like this just lends credence to the stuff that we've talked about that I think the Bucs are have a decent chance at having a down season. And it feels like Tom Brady just not being there, not you know, with his guys, like flies in the face of everything we know about Tom Brady, but also just feels like it portends something bad coming their way.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I, the fun thing with Tom Brady is there's so many things surrounding him in his orbit. You know, you could say his marriage is on the rocks. He's uh, doing a recruiting trip with Gronk. He's you know recording another FTX commercial. Like it could literally be anything. So uh, it just gives us something to sink our teeth into.
1: Other news items, and you can tell me if you care about them or not. Packers receivers had to meet with the QBs after Aaron Rodgers threw the young guys under the bus, calling for more consistency and complaining about a lot of bad drops, a lot of bad route decisions, running the wrong route. Uh, Pete, the Packers receivers, obviously, Romeo Dubs, one of the guys who's not going to make the the chart that we have today of ADP riders and followers. He was just on the outside of the top four, but a guy people are investing pretty heavily on. People are also investing negatively in Christian Watson, where I've taken him in the 18th round on DraftKings, uh, also similarly on Underdog. But it feels like overall, like I think this is probably a good sign that like Rodgers has the control now. The whole thing was him kind of battling the organization to get what he wanted. And now he bitches about something in the media. The next day, these guys are in a meetings. I feel like that would have me feeling positively if you are, are reaching for Romeo Dubs right now.
0: Well, the whole thing with Rodgers historically was been how much he hates these young wide receivers, how he doesn't trust them, you know, all the way back to how long it took Devontae Adams to to develop and break out to jettison, you know, uh, Jeff Janis out of the league. I mean, he's a tough dude, but then the narrative was... He went and did ayahuasca this year and now is hunky-dory, you know, tossing out compliments to Romeo Dubs. And now it seems like maybe the ayahuasca high has worn off and he's back to his old ways. So I think what we really need here is another spiritual retreat retreat for Aaron Rodgers, and then we can get back to him
1: liking these rookie wide receivers. That's sure. They just need to share in some uh, some sort of medicinal tea of some sort. I don't know, healing crystals a lot of ways to get back on track. And last news item, which I think we would expect, Kenny Pickett moving up the depth chart to number two. We'll see quote unquote varsity action according to Mike Tomlin versus the Jags. I feel like Pete, our bet all along is when Kenny Pickett starts by the time week seventeen rolls around is why perhaps he's worth drafting in some three QB builds. But I feel like him moving up after the first preseason game, looking pretty good against Seattle. I, this isn't a surprise to me, and I still wouldn't be shocked if he won the job overall here and at least, you know, the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, I do think the ADP is
0: is pretty out of control. Starkindler talking about a couple guys we're probably going to show here up on mm. screen. If you want to start pulling up these risers, Pickens being a good one. I mean, I think he was probably undervalued to begin with relative of where some of those other rookie wide receivers were going. Um, but I, it definitely seems like we're in the territory right now where it's probably swinging too far in the other direction. Starting to get some nice discounts on Chase Claypool. Um, you, you've even seen Pickens go ahead of him at a couple spots. So I. I think I think that's a little too rich and uh, I'm, I'm willing to kind of play that in the other direction at this point.
1: You can see some of the underdog ADP moves on the screen now. And this is just from the 11th, so the last week or so, and where these guys move in that time period. And Isaiah Pacheco, the man of the thumbnail. We always live up to this promise. If a guy's on the thumbnail on YouTube, you know we're going to get to him in a prominent fashion. And Pete Isaiah Pacheco's up 32.8 spots to so 153 ADP overall. I know you talked about him a little bit with Sean Siegel in that show I was just talking about the ship chasing episode from last week, uh, talking about his profile. Maybe not being the strongest, not a great athlete, not a guy who produced very well in college either. But he is moving up. Everybody's excited. About about him excited to get shares of this Chiefs running back room, and are you buying or selling him now? Coming up because I've said I think I got to keep buying him a little bit just because of all the Rojo I've drafted. um Shout out to our pal Pat crane of course, who has been you know standing for him as hard as anybody. But I think Pete, I think he got to get some Pacheco, but if he's going you know ahead of 150 at that point, I feel like you're probably reaching a little bit too far. Yeah,
0: and I mean in our uh, FFPC main event drafts. He was going seventh, eighth, and ninth round across, uh, the drafts last night, which is just absolutely insane. Um, I definitely, it's funny. I I still don't think Pacheco is my preferred way to play it. Um, with this big of a jump up, I do think I'd rather grab CEH or even just keep taking McKinnon who remains very cheap. Um, I do think though, just in general, like this is still a massively wide open backfield. There was even the report today that they were back to shuffling up the running back uh, pecking order with the chiefs and Rojo was getting more burn again today. I think the real test will be in their upcoming preseason game. I believe Andy Reed said the starters were going to play uh, a whole half, which should give us some pretty good data points on, on where we're at with these guys. But yeah, when we have like this short, term volatility and these guys moving up and down i think you just want to be playing it on the cheaper side as much as possible right now just knowing like it should it shock anyone if like Jarek mckinnon is like the starting running back or you know playing you know a lot of the pass down snaps right out of the gate like that kind of stuff shouldn't shock us so i'm just going to keep playing uh the cheaper side of it although i will say i haven't been selecting rojo as just because my bags are way too heavy as is
1: yeah, same for me. And I think, you know, the conversation you had with Brick a couple of weeks back, and I've had a couple times on Lowell's as well, six with me, that if you have a lot of Rojo, probably trying to get that down to eight percentage if you can. Get a little bit of Pacheco, get a little bit of McKinnon, get those guys up a little bit more would be what I would advocate for. Another guy that people in the chat are clamoring for on the uh, on the list that we're gonna see at number two, George Pickens. He's in fact up 23.9 spots to 122. I like Pickens. The hype looking good. People saw that touchdown in the preseason game last week, where he basically is mossing the guys, been mossing guys in practice all over. Over the place, but I feel like at this point you probably want to take Claypool. You want to take a discounted Deontay Johnson. I like Pickens. I think he's going to start. I think Calvin Austin also being banged up, Anthony Miller being banged up. It's easy to see him in these three wide receiver sets, but at this point, Pete, like if you didn't get Pickens early on, as we talk about drafting these guys when they're in the one sixty range, like it's hard for me to justify at this point to take a lot of Pickens.
0: Yeah. And I mean, his ADP now is almost back to back with Garrett Wilson. And it's just absolutely absurd that they would be going that close together, in my opinion. And I'm obviously on the record as saying Garrett Wilson is the most mispriced player in all of drafts. So, yeah, I mean, if you're making me choose between Garrett Wilson and George Pickens, I don't care if uh, you do an x-ray of Pickens and he has that dog in him. uh, Give me Garrett Wilson every time. Yeah, definitely going to be tough to see
1: him getting there the same level he's gotten so far in the preseason. Number three on the list in terms of risers, Brian Robinson up 21.2 spots to 152 ADP overall and underdog. Pete, I actually did a a draft, or I was looking back at some of my old drafts. I think we might want to do this on the show at some point to see where we were drafting in the beginning. There was one draft where I got Hamler, Robinson, Dubs in the eighteenth or 17th, 18th, 19th rounds on DraftKings. I feel like it's hard for me to justify Brian Robinson given that I've gotten a lot of him. He's going to soar up a lot because of the news that he's basically the goal line back. Antonio Gibson working mostly between the 20s, while JD McKissick for the commander is getting the same pass game work we're used to. I like Brian Robinson, Pete, but I think when he was going and basically going undrafted in some drafts, I feel like it's hard to justify him now. And I get taken if you're you know just starting to do your best ball drafts now, but if you've been drafted like we have since May, I think you should have had your Brian Robinson shares already.
0: Yeah, I don't really get... It with Brian Robinson, he wasn't even that attractive of a pick to me before uh, because he was going in that kind of like dead zone, not the, the running back dead zone, but the dead zone of like rounds 15 through 18, where I didn't think that those backs were any different than a lot of the backs that were going undrafted. And so you have a hundred percent ownership of this player. And now even with the Gibson fall, I still feel like the Robinson profile is not that exciting you know he is you can make the case he's going to have short area work potentially goal line carries that's nice but do we really think the Washington offense is going to have so many red zone trips and goal line opportunities that that becomes a lucrative role on top of it there's no chance for pass catching work there with uh, McKissick and I still think that a lot of the Antonio Gibson stuff is probably overblown in a way I don't imagine Brian Robinson you know even wrestling away you know two thirds of the carries in this offense so I guess I just don't see it with this rise up. I understand why it's happening. You like fade Gibson and therefore you're, you're buying Brian Robinson, but I just don't see the path to monster upside for Robinson in ways I do, you know, other
1: backs. Yeah, I think he made more sense than a zero RB build where you're getting leverage against Gibson when he's going a little bit higher. Now, Gibson's not going that highly. So, probably smarter just to, uh, to take the dip on Gibson and buy to the upside that Pete's talked about. And we have the fourth guy here on the list is Zay Jones. This one I don't get at all. He's up 19.2 spots to 187. Actually, up more spots than Romeo Dubs. He's only up 15.5 spots. It's number 136 ADP overall. Zay Jones, Pete, has been a guy that I feel like we've drafted sometimes, I think on the stream, um, just as kind of leverage against your emotional uh, barriers with LaVisca Chennault. But I feel like Zay Jones, like, I don't mind him. I don't think he's a monster player who's gotten materially better. And I just don't get why he would swing upwards when you know, Christian Kirk, I think, is clearly a tier ahead. Uh, I I believe the, the hot dog costume, how did this happen,
0: is Josh Norris. I believe Zay Jones is a Josh Norris guy, and he's been pounding uh, the table for him. That's the only thing that I can account for this rise up Um, and maybe just people are getting a little more excited about the Jags offense. There's been some positive reports about Lawrence ETN's obviously looking good. James Robinson now looks like he'll be back week one. So maybe people are just looking around being like, I want to invest in this offense more. Um, Marvin Jones doesn't do it for people. LaVisca Chanel has burned uh, some of us and maybe let's just say a lot of us a lot. And so maybe Zay Jones is like the last guy standing up being like, all right, I'll, I'll place my bet on him.
1: Isaiah Jones definitely has been good in small sample size stuff, but I think hard for me to justify, and I'd still take the stabs on Marvin Jones, even though people are pointing out GA in the chat saying, uh, Marvin Jones is said to be cooked. I, I still, I, I would take him a little more Jones, I think, if he's coming downward. The guy's going down, Ronald Jones down 25.1 spots in ADP to number 178 overall. I think we kind of made our case here, Pete, but anything you want to pin on to Ronald Jones, who it feels like he could still be worthwhile at this point, point. I think Sean Siegel spelled it out that if you're drafting him now, you're probably not going to get hurt if he does get cut because it's just worth the equity that you can get but i feel like ronald jones like i can't draft anymore even if he falls to like 190 or 200
0: yeah i mean i i think like the builds yeah i i, I think he's fine to tack on late we were kind of arguing about it last night on on ship chasing um it is really hard for me in bbm specifically where my bags are already so heavy that i'm just i'm just gonna wait for a little bit more clarity
1: Deshaun Watson down 18.8 spots to number 189. We talked about him. I don't know what you do with him. I think Justin Herzig had an interesting tweet about how and basically every configuration of why you take Deshaun Watson right now doesn't make the most sense. He's missing 11 games. Pete, if you're drafted for week 17, you could take Deshaun Watson. But is he like a luxury 3QB build? How do you approach him at all?
0: I I think he's pretty much undraftable. Justin Herzig had a nice tweet about it too, how like the different configurations of, you know, elite QB with Watson or, you know, three QBs, how like the math just doesn't really add up in, in a lot of those ways Um, especially where his ADP is going to land too. Um, I guess like the only way I could see doing it is in like a punt three QB build in the same way you tack on a Ritter, a Malik Willis, a Kenny Pickett, you know, maybe you're tacking on Watson. I think the skill position players are a little bit more enticing just because their ADPs weren't that out of control to begin with. And then on top of it, you know, you could get some uniqueness if you're able to advance deep into the, into the underdog best ball playoffs, and then also have a guy like bell, or Najoku or whatever then kind of coming on once Watson comes back but uh I think he's pretty thin and there's quarterback's just so deep this year there's really good options at a lot of ranges we we don't even know like coming off of this big layoff in this environment that he's going to be you know cooking right away so I don't know I I don't
1: really see see the appeal And the last guy, Zach Wilson, down 16.9 spots to 206. does seem like, Pete, his surgery looked pretty good. So in this spot to me, I feel like this is one guy I would buy the dip on. People still drafting Elijah Moore at a little bit of a discount. Uh, Garrett Wilson has come down to a decently cheap range as well. I feel like that jet stack is actually pretty appealing. Michael Carter, a backdoor zero RB guy, you could definitely get stacked alongside Zach Wilson. I like this spot for him now, and I feel like you're getting him for basically free, and it's a discount that you probably shouldn't have because he's going to be playing by like week two or week three, got to assume.
0: Yeah. I'm in a bunch of these slow puppy drafts that I had registered for and have started to get a ton of both Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. I feel like early on in my drafts, I was only getting one or the other and now that they're sliding. And so I know that my, my puppy three exposure is going to end up with a ton of Zach Wilson double stacks because, uh, once you have the two best pass catchers and people are worried about the injury, it means Zach Wilson's going to be available to you in every draft. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm okay to uh, continue to grab Zach Wilson there at the end. It, it sounds like at worst, he'd maybe miss one or two games. And as
1: we've discussed in these tournaments, we're not too worried about that early season production. As you can see on the screen, it's time to draft Best Ball Mania 3 and apply this knowledge here. And I'm going to do it quickly, Pete, in the hopes that maybe we get a softer room. Uh, It does seem like we're going to have a few spots available in this one. No, actually, it filled the second I got in. So it's possible, Pete, as uh, Pete and I were talking before the show about who's going to do it. I now have an even 114 entries on draftings and even 114 entries in Best Ball Mania. And I just wanted to get some plus EV entries that aren't going to be ruined (laughs) by our audience, Pete. So I'm glad we got in when we did
0: uh yeah although i still recognize some fam- some familiar names some familiar badge bros so i don't i don't know if we uh were are actually in that greatest shape room dynamics Whoa. considered
1: we're in great shape, Pete, because of the Brick HUD, which you can see on the screen here, which I'll give the plug to, of course. Uh, you can hear Brick all every week alongside Pete on LOLs, but also the Brick uh, draft caddy is a big asset, which has been only improved by the week, really, with being able to manually or, I guess, automatically grab exposures by clicking on the page. And uh, we can see all my exposures here. The target uh, exposure, according to Brick's tool, is in the middle. So you can see 8%. I am <laughs> safely under Pete on all these high-tier running backs.
0: Uh, 14%. Jefferson, 16% cup is uh is pretty nice. I think I'm at 15% cup. Um, but sixteen percent is nice. Yeah, you're you're
1: uh you're definitely fading big JT and CMC years. Do you see uh do you see who my David Montgomery is on the screen? One Derrick Henry. I have not a share of Derrick Henry in best fall I mean, I think I have like a handful in, in some of the puppy drafts. You want to break your Derrick Henry cherry today? <laughs> I hope not. I hope they, the room doesn't go that way. I hope that yeah. instead we have Jamar Chase or at least Diggs available to us. But we'll see with these next three picks.
0: Yeah, Taylor going at four here.
1: Hmm.
0: Mathology, thank you, sir. Four dollars and sixty nine cents. What is? I don't even. What is PP flame? What, 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 what's the what's the PP
1: for? i didn't i didn't see that one yet but all right pete we got eckler we got henry we got cook i think i would take adams here just to err on the safe side i mean this is this is your money i would hate to make you get a share of derrick henry no that's save that for your swole cast (laughs) episodes all right there we go we got the powerpoint game PowerPoint. sorry we had moved past that Uh, i like that a corporate tip Well, it's one of those wrinkles, Pete, that, you know, we wanted an easy way to add graphics to the show. We don't have a production team. It's just me and Pete doing everything here, and our Football Outsiders marketing team helped us put that together. But I feel like it does the job. Like, we're not, you know, we're not quite some streamers out there who do like the editing fully, but I feel like we're a tier above just regular old StreamYard bros.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I always tell myself when I go to sleep (laughs) that I'm a tier above the regular StreamYard bros. Uh, It's
1: like this this much.
0: Greg says, how often will you check in on your best ball? portfolio in season I, yeah i don't know if you're new around here but uh the fbi will actually come for you if you talk or if you come for your best ball teams in season uh, a lot of people get arrested early on week one week two you know something will happen in the game and they'll post a screenshot of their exposure and best ball and uh that is a no-no you will get arrested for that so be careful
1: Though we did talk about Pete, you know, because of our expanding the splash play channel, maybe there will be a weekly check-in that like Pete will just have to cover his ears and not narc on me. But I, I'm definitely gonna be checking my best ball lineups a lot. Like I've been checking them now to see the ones that I drafted earlier in the hopes that I have a, a super team somewhere. I will be obsessively checking these every single Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm more of a watch pot doesn't boil guy. Um, hmm. but that's just how
0: I am with all my, uh, scoreboard watching this is a true fucking avalanche man are, are we do we we seriously have debo samuel going at 10 i mean what are we doing
1: debo is debo's all over the place i've seen him going to third round recently too uh, aj brown going at 17 tyreek or mike evans here <laughs> i mean i i think i'm still slightly tyreek over evans but do what you got to do. Okay. I'll go Tyreek. I, I like Tyreek enough. I, I think Mike Evans, you I feel like ever since you made the case for Debo over Mike Evans, I've just been like, yeah, fuck you, Mike Evans. And it's not getting better with the Bucks news. And Tom Brady's still not throwing a single pass to anybody so far.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon, I don't have the clip, the avalanche clip in here. Actually, we, we can head over to mine and uh, get the avalanche clip. One second. Here you go.
1: <laughs> the uh the,
0: the number and name uh were actually pretty close on that one relative to what was actually happening here
1: I mean, honestly, I I feel like I was looking against some of these early teams. Like, I was getting Pittman at one point at, like, 48. I was getting Sutton at 58. Like, it's just crazy. And obviously, you know, this is one of those things where if you're new to best ball, you're starting to play your lineups now. Like, don't feel like you missed out because there's a lot of of potholes out there. The Tim Patrick's of the world that could ruin things. Uh, Rojo, I would (laughs) also throw to that bucket as well. But it is crazy to see where these guys are now, Pete, where I really think more than ever, like, you got to be drafting teams in May and June now that I've kind of gone through this entire outlay of draft season.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting though because again, the the counter argument is you can go look back at at some of those teams and it's still I think a little too early to tell and it it will always be interesting to look at the teams that you draft just a couple days before the season starts um, where we have max information because we still have a lot of uncertainty on some of these depth charts that we're gonna be. We haven't gotten to the juicy part where the teams really show us how they feel with usage during the final weeks of the preseason. And we get the initial wave of roster cutdowns. Like we're going to get a lot more clarity here too. So um, yeah, you can definitely build super teams early, but we still have a, a lot of
1: dominoes to fall here in the ADP landscape. It looks like we've got a bunch of running back pigs in this draft and the one hole, the 11 hole, the 12 hole. And Pete, I feel like we were wise to take receivers when we did. Do we want to take one more here with a Keenan Allen, a Mike Williams or a DJ Moore? I mean, normally I would be like, hey, this is a nice price for Fournette. But um, I would go Mike Dub or DJ Moore uh, in this and make sure that there's not a false flag to the avalanche being over. Yeah, we didn't we didn't take any bucks, so I'm going to take Mike Williams here, even though I don't have an issue with DJ Moore. Baker Mayfield also, I think one news item we didn't hit, apparently looking like he's for sure going to be uh, the week one starter against the Browns. Uh, something weird could happen, I guess, in the next few weeks, but I, I feel pretty good about DJ Moore. Like, he still falls in some drafts, and I'll take DJ Moore if he falls, but if he's going, like, in the 20s, I kind of don't want to be there. Um. Yeah, yeah, the 20s. I mean, I
0: feel like he's kind of settled into that, like, mid-third for the most part. He had that moment where right after Baker signed, he was like going early third um, for a lot. But I, I find his ADP to be very, very fair. And I even sometimes catch myself having eyes for him, even when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are still on the board.
1: See, I feel like out of those three, I like Mike Williams the most, just because it feels like he could have been even better last year if he hadn't, you know, wilted down the home stretch. But if the Chargers are better, if Keenan Allen regresses a little, like I'm willing to buy the Mike Williams uh, upside, I guess. But but DJ Moore, it's hard to argue too. Like he's going to have his best QB he's probably had his his entire Panthers career, I guess you could say, with Baker Mayfield potentially.
0: Yeah, I I, yeah, it's probably I probably not even close, which just kind of speaks to how bad the quarterback play he's had. So, yeah, I mean, it's he's been awesome. And the whole thing with him has just always been TDs and just overall offense efficiency. But honestly, mainly just TDs because he's made it work from a yardage and in, in PPR standpoint, even with subpar quarterback play. So if he can just regress a little bit in the touchdown department. He's going to he's going to have a very nice season.
1: Yeah, so we're coming up again. Another pick here, of course, play along. That's an underdog with the promo code SPLASH. Double your deposit up to $100 on there. We got Zeke. We got Allen Robinson, Judy, Gabe Davis. I mean, no no natural Week 17 correlations, Pete, unless you wanted to reach for Herbert. Yeah, but I feel like well, we, yeah. Robinson's a natural Week 17. Oh, yeah. You know what? I forgot. Okay, my bad. I wasn't paying the closest attention. I was just trying to present as thoroughly as <laughs> other competitors in the streaming space, Pete. So I slayed it a little bit too hard and to actually pay attention to the draft build.
0: I have been taking Gabe ahead of a Rob, but in
1: that, in that context, I don't, I don't mind it. Gabe, uh, Gabe goes, I've seen him go at the 30 spot in some drafts recently. And I, I am drafting pretty hard. Pete I actually did update my calculations. I gotta be doing, let me see real fast. Uh, but, but, I think I'm like three drafts a day I have to do on each. No, I have to do three and a half drafts per day across DraftKings and Best Ball Mania to get to my my target mark. And I, I know you care a lot about these things. So add to the stress levels for yourself as you're moving and all these other things going on in your life. You said too, to get to that, the,
0: the half draft that you've been starting one at like 1130 at night and then that way you can do half a draft one day and half a draft the next day. Is that how you said you've been handling (laughs) it? That's how
1: I love doing it. I love, you know, uh, basically giving myself a slow draft kind of mindset. I do think you can start to see the softest rooms. I know you've talked about the late night drafts on Underdog. I feel like I'm really settling in that um, late night drafts on Underdog, but also like mid-afternoon on Underdog. Like, I think if you avoid when people are streaming, you get really casual kind of rooms. Because I had one draft on Underdog today, which like didn't match anything we've had in a stream this entire draft season. Um,
0: that's, that's incredible. I've been so scarred from drafting when the sun is out that I don't even attempt to draft BBM three teams during the day unless I'm streaming. Um, I feel very cozy
1: with my, my late night stream time. I'm, I'm rarely disappointed. Yeah, and it's and early mornings on DraftKings on the weekend, I would definitely swear by af- a little bit after what I did this weekend. We'll see if it is as friendly there, but it, it honestly felt like a casual morning fishing over on DraftKings <laughs> on a Saturday. Just relaxing, Pete, get all the players you want. Uh, maybe you have to worry a little bit about guys taking seven QBs, but besides that, you're good to go. All right, what do we got on the board here? Baller uh, uh, seems like a smash. Yeah, I like that. You could to talk me into Kittle, too, if he were available, but I guess he went already. We're getting a
0: positive there was a little bit of a injury worry there with Waller but Mm. uh, there was a report yesterday from the athletic that he looked himself at practice and so um, yeah on a team where we already have Adams there Waller at pick 56 is is super nice
1: a good sickly area asking a fair question uh, asking them I'm only talk only dk and underdog When the drafters the table pete are you drafting on drafters at all because like i see it a lot in the stream i know liam streams those a lot i think the stochastic best ball guys stream some i have not played a single lineup on drafters and obviously i don't foresee that happening now
0: uh no i don't i li- even if i wanted to I don't have enough time to even get in all the underdog drafts I have. I can't be this EV hunter. I have to, you know, get my new house painted and figure out all kinds of things that come with home ownership and being an adult and attending to my pregnant wife. So sorry I can't chase overlay on
1: sites that don't pay me to promote them what if the drafters like pete can you turn this into an ad it's like look i wish i had time to draft on drafters but i don't so it's all for you guys like i feel (laughs) like that's a pretty decent ad read for somebody out there yeah exactly that was the most uninspiring ad read ever (laughs) um also somebody was asking earlier about like my swift exposure um i'll just show real fast the reason i don't have a lot of swift is because i'm loading actually no i have less Jamal Williams. i thought i guess it must be more in the puppy that's actually upsetting to me because i love loading up on the backup or the handcuff back yeah, I will
0: say, I was like, I hadn't been drafting a lot of Jamal Williams. He was always kind of that blah, you know, pick in the zero RB range. And then you watch Dan Campbell. Um, and Jamal Williams is like the most raw, raw locker room guy to you. It's just like, you know, Dan Campbell's giving this guy 10 touches a game. Like, he's not going to be able to help
1: himself. No, and as he should. he should, it should be a 50-50 split, I think, even. Like, why why <laughs> go DeAndre Swift? Keep him safe. He's had an injury history, Pete. Yeah, exactly. Um. Um. I've, I feel like Dobbins Do- wouldn't be bad. Dobbins, here. yeah. This is this is
0: like falling in like a, a classic zero RB build way. This is
1: I know Spags has like ninety variations of this exact same team. Um, Mitchell too would make sense because of our two Raiders, but Dobbins is too cheap at this point. Yeah, I'm. I'm I can't take yeah. Mitchell over Dobbins. Yeah. I know we've, we've had this debate before. I feel like when I have two Raiders, I'm willing to go Mitchell. And I still don't mind taking Mitchell just because I think he'll be fine when the time goes, but, but Dobbins like there's no reason for him to be 11 picks after ADP at this point, given that, um, we know he's gonna be playing for week one, but also in this room specifically, there's a a, don't know, a, a greater than non-zero chance that Mitchell makes it back to you too. True. It's a fair point. We, interesting team that we built. I feel like we we definitely had to push the receivers early, but I feel like we got unique because of having to reach a little bit for guys like uh, like guys like Tyreek and Mike Williams.
0: Yeah, and it's not. I mean, none of the none of the picks were
1: even that aggressive over ADP. The Avalanche was a uh, was very quick Guys, make sure you're subscribed right now as well. Of course, Pete's going to have a ton of drafts on his channel. I'll be doing the SPAG solo stream tomorrow at 2.30 on the Splash Play channel. So come draft along with us in all these rooms. And, um, and if you're curious about DraftKings as well, I usually do a double draft there of Underdog followed by DraftKings. So you can see it there. And uh, I think Merit's playing on both sites. But obviously, uh, the best the best stream experience is Underdog by a pretty wide margin.
0: Let's scroll down a little bit so I can see these picks here. Burrow goes off the board. We're, so we're definitely going – well, I guess we're in a nice range there with Carr and Stafford, and then we also have Tua as a backstop for potential
1: stack. Yeah, Lance went – people are pointing out – people surprised, too, that he went before the sixth round. Uh, it doesn't surprise me on Underdog. It doesn't happen very often on DraftKings, which I don't know what that says, but um, Underdog, I feel like he's getting – Lance is getting there you more untenable on Underdog. I told you. There you go. Uh, oh, I thought Mitchell – did Mitchell go? I thought Mitchell yep. made it oops um hmm tony goes Mm. early for Edmonds too this is such a gross spot yeah we don't have any russ i mean i feel like we should maybe take russ just to get a qb
0: yeah although i'd rather sit on the car in stafford pocket and maybe get your i'd
1: maybe go pollard or ceh here is probably what i'd do Okay, I don't mind Pollard. I um, i don't know that I'm buying necessarily him getting the, the pass game work that some of the Dallas reporters were talking about, but um, I still think Pollard's uh, a perfectly fine play. No autopilot for me. I don't know why that came up. You could, we probably could have taken Amari too at that price. I mean,
0: my my thought was like I haven't taken a lot of Amari, mm-hmm. but I felt like a lot of the Watson stuff was already kind of baked into his ADP. Um, pick 80. Ugh, it, seems, it seems fine. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't mind because I feel like now we can go a little bit lighter on running backs. So, like, because we have Dobbins and Pollard. Um, and for me, I, I love like that I usually... you're you're a true zero RB bro who feels he can go lighter on running backs once he's locked up Dobbins and Pollard. <laughs> oh I've my been, god, I've been getting some nice zero RB builds lately. Like guys going even again on Underdog this afternoon. Like I got actually I almost want to pull it up because it was like very unique by Underdog standards where I got my first three running backs twenty picks after ADP and it was like all in the, it wasn't quite A.J. Dillon, but, like, that range of guys. And I feel like that's one of the things that I kind of have to adjust for mentally, where, because it's, like, more a casual drafting season, like, underdog is softer than it's been probably at any point we've been drafting now. Um, but then you just see shit that's, like, illogical more frequently as well. What is, a, what is Team's 12 start
0: there after ripping Ayuk, Sky, and Burks? Did they have a running back heavy start? Okay, yeah. yeah. And took Lance. Okay, so they got the, du- they got the stack with Lance and Ayuk,
1: and now trying to, Cover ground at wide receiver. Paying very premium price tags for all these guys that you know have been much lower at various points in the offseason. Yeah. That's uh yeah, because
0: normally you'll see people do the Lance IU double tap at six seven. Um, or wait, is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, is seven, eight. Is that where people were doing it before? That just, the, the five six
1: does seem seem early, but I guess that's where you have to do it these days. I, I'm glad that we've gotten a lot of Trey Lance on these streams. Oh, we're back on the oh, clock. Shit. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna take Ramondre. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I am, I'm. I'm not buying the dip on Antonio Gibson for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the wide receivers might because if you go because you're gonna have to take like a, definitely gonna have to take a couple QB detour here in these next couple picks, mm-hmm. and then with how many wide receivers have been flying
1: off the board, the wide receiver five might end up in slightly dicey territory. I, yeah, I think we're gonna have to go younger for the back half of our receiving core. Like one guy I've been taking a little bit of, and I think he kind of fits what you had initially pitched with uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I'd like to get Khalil Shakir now in the 18th round or the 17th round, just because like he's been playing outside more. He's not just like a slot backup. And I feel like that's one way to get a share of that offense and hope that it bubbles up with a young player. Um, but I feel like those guys to me have like a lot more priority now, just because you know they have not gotten all the ADP juice squeezed out of them, like Romeo Dubs and those that tier of guys has. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't given
0: him a, a long enough uh, look. Um, I also don't end up with a ton of Josh Allen teams where I was getting you know squeezed on another stack option, but I don't hate it.
1: <laughs> Bulligan's pointing out how I feel a lot about this stuff. You're taking Lance and you at the 5-6 turn. Check out my 28% Lance Ayuk from the 6-7 in May. Ayuk was going, like, at the 100 spot for a while. Like, oh, he's going yeah. where Olave goes, and it's tough for me to buy him in now, where he's, like, he's basically going where Rashad Bateman's going. And, like, these are the very esoteric arguments that I feel like such a fucking dork debating. But, like, it really is prominent when you've been doing so many of these over the course of, like, months. Well, what was hilarious is Ayuk had gotten steamed up into the
0: fourth round last year. There was so much because you had like the second year breakout, and we were all excited about Lance. Then he we got burned so hard. He, he like didn't even play
1: week one, and uh, we have such short memories. They're like, "What? Ayuk's having a good camp again? We're back." I was <laughs> gonna read this chat from Eric real fast. So we appreciate all you guys hanging out. I hi Pete and Spags. How are you? <laughs> Uh, I feel like probably not as high as Eric would be, and I feel like that'd be that'd be a nice place to be right now. <laughs> uh Also, I'm not high and high enough to buy your rainmaker shit either. Are you Are you gonna doubt one that at all?
0: No, I mean we we were talking about it on Club Top Shot the other night. We were pulling up like the rules and the description of it, and it seemed so unnecessarily complicated. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't
1: tell what the fuck was going on. Yeah, my my uh, VIP rep, who I didn't have one before, and all of a sudden I have one after not playing for months, which I think probably sums up DraftKings pretty well. Like, he was reaching out and was like, he keeps texting me about Rainmakers, and I want to be like, dude, like I don't, I don't need to hear about Rainmakers. But it's like an actual human being, like it's sending marketing texts, but then a real human being replies, and it's like I could not care less about the NFT version of of DFS. All right, um, I don't think
0: you can mess around here. I I would honestly prioritize car, okay, and just get, I and just get
1: him. Yeah, QBs have been flying off the board. Rodgers goes at 100. I feel like it's, I agree with you. Just let's take hard and not get totally fucked there. What you should tell your VIP rep
0: is, look, um, it, I'm willing to hear your Rainmaker sales pitch at uh, a box uh, at the Eagles week one game. <laughs> uh,
1: that's that. I'll hear you out there. It's like a timeshare thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Locked to a three hour session hearing about the joys of having Chase Edmonds on your Rainmakers lineup yeah <laughs> oh god there was a point for chase while we're, while we're waxing nostalgic about adps there was a point where i got chase edmonds in the 130 range a bunch and i'm like man that was pretty sweet i feel like those teams like a super team with chase edmonds at the 130 spot i it feels about right to me yeah it, clearly we're at the point of the season where everyone's just roster baiting to their their early rosters I mean, do you not look back at all? I feel like you, I mean, because you're not watching the pot. Are you watching the pot before it starts cooking? Like, are you checking back just to see out of curiosity? No. No. No, because I do
0: it like I'll do it similar to DFS, right? Where if I make four or five lineups and I know the guys that I have on multiple lineups and then I'm like rooting for that, I'm going to know my portfolio. I'm going to know my exposures. And so it's like if, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt and Rashad White is balling, that will bring me great joy. But I'm not going to individually sweat rosters until we get deep into the game. You never want to fall in love with a roster that then gets bounced or barely doesn't make the playoffs. I mean, can you imagine... The emotional turmoil.
1: But if you have one where it's like, oh, these guys are all now going in the 30 range, I feel good about that. Anyway, we're back on the clock. Um, You definitely got to grab a, I mean, got to grab a wide receiver here.
0: Do we want Rondale, Julio? Not definitely not Julio. I mean, Garrett Wilson's my
1: guy, but God go go with you however you need him to. I'm going to take Rondale because I can't believe I only have 6% Rondale. Wow, that is surprising. I I don't get it. I don't know why that's the case. I, I have enough Marquise Brown, I guess, where maybe I just didn't get there. Um, but I like Rondale a lot. Now I'm buying in on the him being Christian Kirk and but you know, with a little more a little little less size, a little more upside potentially. Um, but I like Rondale a lot and I'm definitely overcompensating by taking Rondale as much as possible now. Yeah, hey, you are no stranger to overcompensating. <laughs> now, speaking of, Pete, you're doing the randomizer tonight. Are you gonna be getting fully nude with, with Sal Stephanie? No, I'm in a, you know, I, I heard back from
0: corporate. Um, they said they prefer <laughs> if I keep my clothes on. They said that the momentary spike in viewership was short-lived and we have <laughs> crashed back down to earth.
1: But if we had put the SEO Pete <laughs> over that shirtless, it'd be crushing it right now.
0: Did I? Can I read uh, an exchange that I got in DMs from our friend uh, Josh Frick today? So I get uh, I get a DM from him at eleven forty nine a.m. He says, "Pete, I have a brilliant idea for you." Uh, normally this would be a DM I would ignore, but I was feeling frisky this morning on Twitter. And I snap replied, I've already shown my nips once Josh, Josh replies, well, it does have to do with that. He goes, do a ship chasing draft, but everyone is shirtless. Call it nip chasing goes with your new nip brand. And I said, what do I look like? Just a piece of meat, Pete. I have my own nipples to worry about goes, Josh, I'm trying to help build the brand. Thank you for the last. Oh no, that's a sincere part. I didn't mean to read that.
1: Okay. Honestly, though, nip chasing is a pretty <laughs> strong brand if we're being honest. It is. It is. That's that could have been the mathology spinoff. If you guys had kept him in your talent roster instead of allowing splash play to get him back, you could have been doing nip chasing every week.
0: Yeah, I mean, we are ship chasing is prepping a multi-year offer to mathology. We do know we have to compete with your offer um we have made a very strong offer um one year premium membership to Pornhub. we're tossing in a catalog of old playboy magazines i I don't know what you're going to be able to bring the table to
1: lure him away from us i feel like i would offer up i'd go a different direction i'd get him an oculus quest and also a subscription (laughs) to vr porn because then it's like a whole different medium entirely that's, oh, we can't compete with these offers. We're, we, were, we were making, it was like we made an offer to
0: uh, Mathology as a teenager and not the one in his current form. We messed that up.
1: I did know when I, when I did my shoot with Mathology, I'm like, oh, shit. Mathology must be a good construction worker because his house is fucking crushing. Like, he's got a really nice designed house. I was like, I, I don't know what to make of what I know about this man, but it's an interesting picture that, I, that we've received on this show. Hang on, just a little delay here on this. <laughs> Classic nip chasing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got nice little running back zone. People not drafting Julio, which is an interesting room. I feel like everybody loves drafting Julio because he was good five years ago. What's your QB plan here? Are you, do you do you want Are you willing to risk
0: losing Tua here? I mean, are we going to lose Tua? Right, we got to I zero. also feel like I would push it on Tua and probably grab Hendo or spiller
1: I'll just with henderson. this your rb
0: build i think you need
1: a little bit more running back upside yeah i wouldn't mind getting to a here and i worry about some of the zero qb guys who are going to be there but honestly, let me see like, the rest of the roster again uh, we got Derek carr jk dobbins tony pollard amandre stevenson dwell henderson at wide receiver devontae adams tyree kill mike williams alan robinson rondale moore and a tight end darren waller yeah so you you still have two in play
0: i think uh mac jones with Ramondre yes. and a, a back door receiver would make sense
1: yeah i would agree i mean there'll be some cheap we could maybe get detroit late too there's some other ways we can go where i'm not going to panic about it where I, I don't want people to prioritize too and take them away from us but at the same token if they do i'm not gonna be too worried about it well spoiler alert he's not coming back says um, the Waddle owner joe oh, bk muchacho
0: I'm telling you, BK muchacho. muchacho, the classic person who's not commenting, not commenting, just anything in their orbit, barely referenced, and they scurry out of their hole to fire off a chat.
1: BK Muchacho, I think, was on the Friday stream uh, on our DK okay. draft uh, that I was doing. So he was he was there, and there, there he goes. It's a dark. We could take Justin Fields. Cause we got, I, I, I think I would do that.
0: I think I would take fields and still be open to a three QB build um, if needed.
1: Or I think you could also rock two here. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I feel like at this point fields. Yeah. I think I was briefly worried that fields have the same bye week as car. Cause sometimes I, I don't know if that catches you off guard at this point, but like, I forget it's like burrow and Lamar has the same bye week and it's like, fuck, like I feel so good about this duo. And then you go like, Oh, they're both like a week 6 bye bi-week and it just ruins the vibe entirely. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, you know you got you got to do a quick little check there on the yeah. uh, the QB buys. My enthusiasm sometimes gets ruined with that one. Um, Here is what my exposure is about, guys. So I have four percent Galladay, seventeen percent Madison Pete. So I'm coming back down to normalcy after getting Alex Madison in literally every draft for a month there. Yeah, you did go. You know, like every
0: teenager goes through their rebellious phase. Spags went through his Madison phase. Glad you got that out of your system.
1: You're stop wearing all black, and uh, it's it's nice. Anybody seem weird to you that I don't have a lot of, or do have a lot of in this group? Cause I feel like this is definitely a group that I'm, as you can see, I'm making a lot I, of picks. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll go back up and leave it. I mean the Algier stuff.
0: I mean the Algier stuff's out of control. Um, you can't panic about the, it now. I still don't get the, uh, the Osborne fascination.
1: You are. Oh, wow. You I didn't realize you were that heavy on Herbert. Cheap too. Now everybody's getting them earlier, but I was getting them at one. Everybody's getting them at one fifty one. I was getting them at one fifty four point four. Well, Andy's going to actually make a lot of sense uh, in this build—a uh, zero RB with fields unstacked right now. Honestly, though, like we did take wide, like we took running backs early enough. Now that for me, I'd probably thin this out at five and take like one late. I do have a hard time passing up Herbert though, because I think he's still a really nice pick, even if I do have twenty five percent of them in and three X the field. This would definitely be a six RB build for me, but. Hmm. Interesting. All right. We got, we like, we got decent wide receiver talent. So I guess I could see it.
0: Yeah. The question that you're going to have is if, if you did go six, um, you basically have to choose between eight wide receivers or three QBs. So you're like either two QBs, eight wide
1: receivers or three QBs, seven wide receivers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like if Herbert's here, I wouldn't mind taking him. Though at this point, the discount on Madison is fairly prominent. Spags, we're getting a couple of questions about
0: our DFS programming in season. Mm-hmm. Neil asking, Pete, is the deposit kingdom rake free league making comeback this year? Yeah, unless I've torched my relationship with DraftKings, I, I will reach out to my my rep. And by rep, I do not mean because of my high stakes play. It's uh, because of the, uh, I forget who put me in contact. I actually think Spiz put me in contact with someone over there. So yes, I will try to
1: get that back. And then Mike wants to know, Spags, are we doing low ball this year? I feel like we have to have I mean because Pete and I just do our show meetings on the air. I feel like we have to have like an on-air show meeting to discuss the stuff because I think Lowball should come back. That said like I think we should build like a real lineup at some point too. Like, I think we should try to figure out, and we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago, I think like, what's the equivalent of DFS like for best ball drafts, like where obviously people aren't going to be as plentifully filling up underdog best ball drafts for the week to week formats. Like, is there a DFS equivalent? Like people want to see us want run an optimizer. They probably do given how confident we'd be in it. I,
0: I think the low ball is fun. I, I, I like, I like the low ball. Um, Rick asking how big is the field on the deposit kingdom tournament? I'll tell you exactly how big it is. However big it needs to be. So I don't have to tweet out multiple links to fill it. That, <laughs> that is the, that is the perfect size.
1: That's yeah. <laughs> first time you ever heard that phrase said on this show. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bonk? <laughs> Uh Oh man. I Christian Watson falls too much in drafts. Like I would take flyers on him at this point. Yeah. Uh, pulse, uh, but no, Paul. That's we're gonna get arrested by the
0: FBI. Uh, Mathology says, can we do anything on UD? I mean, I, I would love to do. I want to get more into the Royal Rumble um, weekly contests uh, this year. I think there's some some fun strategy there.
1: I, I mean, look, I'm not opposed to doing that for the show unless you're doing it for yourself. Though so I feel like your contest schedule. When's your move date, by the way? It's coming up like in the next week.
0: Yeah, uh, we have the movers coming next monday but i have a u-haul i'm getting over the weekend to do like my desk setup uh slightly before um I, I don't know I, I uh oh e- everett seems fun with this one okay i can live with that with your um
1: just kind of building out more of that chargers rams yeah i support that I think Zamir white. I wouldn't have been opposed to, but we don't need another Raider, especially if we have car in the past stack. Um, yeah. I feel like we need more wide receiver talent, but I think we're going to be skimming the bottom of the barrel for that.
0: Yeah. I was going to, I was going to make a case for Nico, but um, I think you can probably get there. I do think, I do think you probably want
1: to stick with two QBs and get to eight wide receivers in this one. Yeah. I mean, look, Equinemius St. Brown falling back to Earth, Pete, after going to the 16th round for a while. So we get our shares of him. You get all your Equinemius St. Brown on my account, because I'm sure you're not taking a single fucking one of them on yours. I I had my last pick in the Dalmatian draft,
0: and I had a Fields team, and uh, I asked the Ship Chasing Discord this morning, who is the wide receiver too on the bears now because i feel like it changes every single week but i was told we are back to brian pringle or byron pringle so that's who i
1: i've been tacking on in my bears stacks if you're playing for week 17 like he probably will be out there he's the hamstring issue to start is not great um he also had like a legal issue in the offseason which I, i i don't know like i never think about like fourth wide receivers having legal issues. It's like, Oh, the star player has legal issues. The fourth guy just shows up to work, uh, buys crack for his teammates. Like, like on playmakers. That's how that, Play, I thought you were doing a playmakers bit there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Byron Pringle is probably the guy though. The P and again, Isaiah culture, rave reviews <laughs> for filling in for Byron Pringle. Jesus. It's been, to ESB, it's
0: been been kill Harry. It's been Velas Jones. The answer is truthfully none of them, but that, uh, that that doesn't fly with us correlation, bros. We have to add one.
1: Actually, Mike pointing out too, uh, Tajay Sharp has been getting some buzz as oh, well. yeah, no, I,
0: I swear to God, it's a Russian nesting doll. of They They have 19 wide receiver sixes vying to be the
1: wide receiver two on that team. I saw somebody on the ship chasing chat was like extolling the virtues. It might've been in the comments, was extolling the virtues of like uh, the new offensive coordinator for the Bears and how the local hype is so strong. So I think one of these guys, Pete, could end up being very viable. These also Rams receivers for them back on the clock um we could take van jefferson
0: <laughs> uh oof. i think i like i think i like paris campbell more than van jefferson i don't know
1: hmm. Hmm. but yeah but van jefferson fits our, our whole thesis of this this rams game yeah go for it. i mean your life your account i don't take paris campbell much pete as a as an alec pierce believer i feel like i, I just owe it to him to not take paris campbell but spags what's our price for a, another drunk stream i mean what what's do we like is it a super chat thing i have would do it i do it on fridays yeah sometimes. you're
0: right you would do this for free no mine was like if you wanted it in the next two weeks while i'm dealing with moving and a bunch of stuff I, it's uh it's an astronomical figure the price will probably go down once i get settled in um it'll probably nest at around a
1: $299 price point Maybe we can make that like a like a monthly show of some sort where we do like monthly show? I'm not getting drunk with you at once a month. Pete, I need it. I still don't have a lot of friends here. (laughs) <laughs> These moments really matter for me. Is this a okay? Interesting. Super chat from Christopher Davis thoughts on Bryce Perkins future. He definitely looks to have something special. I was actually reading an athletic article today, Pete about the Rams depth chart from Jordan Rodriguez, talking about how the Rams uh, are probably enough to decide who they put on waivers between uh, John Wolford and, and Bryce Perkins. I think his future is solid if Stafford isn't playing because whoever plays backup is going to get to sling it around and get a chance to do it. But I don't, I don't have the confidence level Pete, in my third string QB knowledge at this point of the season. I'm glad you were able to handle this super chat. Why Googled <laughs> who is Bryce Perkins? So I appreciate that. He was looking he fed McCutcheon pretty well in that Rams preseason game. But uh, like apparently it's like a real decision point where they like Walford, they like that they trust him. They like that uh, presumably he looks like a coked out badger, as we saw during last season when we when I was really touting the shit out of John Walford. Uh, but Perkins like apparently has enough upside to think he could be a starter if Stafford were to go. So like buying in on Perkins if you were like doing dynasty draft wouldn't be crazy.
0: Yeah uh jason i don't know what we said on this show to convince you to become a youtube member if you could let me know what i did say i will keep saying that uh but welcome uh there's instructions on how to unlock the private channels in the discord if you need help with that just check out the faq in the Depot kingdom discord but thank you jason for supporting this
1: um who who jumps out here? Sammy Watkins, I feel like, isn't terrible value. Sammy Watkins never jumps out to me. Um, oh, People's Jones,
0: born. Do you wanna, Well, how West many Brooke you? You, have, you, you do Thornton. whatever. I, Thornton is. You, you need to get those one point eight percent up on Thornton. Okay, I'll take Thornton.
1: Yeah. I like Thornton. Um, I think Westbrook akeen makes sense for this build too because of Tony Pollard. Well, so what are you at right now? Because you you're gonna add one more
0: Bears wide receiver, and yeah, so then who's your other pick? Two five seven
1: two. Oh, so. I
0: I was thinking you should do one more running back, but
1: you you might be able to zero RB, bro, pushing it to five. Man, your metrics for what qualifies as a five RB build in mine are like completely different. Where I'm like, boy, we spent a lot of capital RB here. <laughs> I'm the the biggest problem with zero RB
0: drafts family is not having enough running backs. I think that the two seven seven two for true zero RB builds, I think is the sweet spot. I do think where you have kind of Dobbins as a modified anchor. Um, six is six could be good. I guess with this one, you did invest. Um, you got, you got decent prices on, on, I guess you're like right at ADP. I don't know. It's fringe to me. This is a six RB build, but that's just
1: my gut. I mean, I don't mind a, a two, six, eight, two. I feel like that's my default usually for drafts, but I usually, my my six RB builds tend to be like, oh boy, I got real thin here and was taking guys at like after 100. Um, so that, that's how I usually approach my six RB builds. Well, let me see the, the wide receivers. The wide receivers just felt slightly
0: too thin to be at. Um, yeah, I think
1: you're, I think you're okay now. Yeah. We'll see. Um, You know, I've been trying to get a little bit back into the good graces of his Danny gray. I guess uh, maybe not enough here. Only 1.8% compared to uh, the brick huds suggested 2% exposure. Danny gray. Like I was taking Juwan Jennings a lot because of the camp stuff, but I feel like I fell into the trap that I fell into last year with Mike Davis and some of those other guys like Danny gray. I feel like should get drafted more just based on the fact that he's really fast and could run outside and could easily have like, if Trey Lance is good, have like one of those years that nobody drafted him and he actually mattered for week 17. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think he, he he's he been like in vogue for a while early on. Mm-hmm. And then everyone stopped drafting him because there was the blurb about Juwan Jennings running ahead of him. And then he looked really good in preseason again. Uh, and now he's back back in the fold. He seems fine as a flyer. I'd much rather take Danny Gray than Juwan Jennings. I'll tell you that much.
1: Also, BK Muchacho apparently took Drew Locke. So good for him in the 16th round, Drew Locke. There you go. Um, we got also, uh, who's this in the chat? Uh, Tanyan25 in the chat asking us to look at his team. He's on the clock right now. We'll, we'll look in a sec after we make our pick, but got to support the new names in chat. And we appreciate all of you guys hanging out. Of course, we do this show Mondays and Thursdays at 2.30. I do the solo stream on Fridays at 2.30. So come hang out with us on the Splash Play channel or on Peach channel. Um, hmm. You want to take Trey Sermon and try to take Danny Gray?
0: I mean... I I guess this I mean I take Eno Benjamin nineteen times out of ten here, uh, but Trey
1: Sermon with your
0: uh, you click
1: no, you, so right. you know what you're right you did I I made a lot of mistakes on Darrell Williams Pete <laughs> let's see if we can see my Darrell Williams exposure I have uh b- 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 five point okay oh, I guess uh, that's not bad thought. you yeah. were hammering him for a while but that's that's completely reasonable I thought it was gonna be like sixteen And then Eno here I have at one you point know, eight which is not enough Eno. Yeah, got to boost those that Eno up. Yeah, my, my got some Eno for for your Pino? Is that, is <laughs> please, that no. please don't, please <laughs> don't, just stop. Uh... Um, we're gonna hop off really fast here too, because Pete's got to jump to a meeting. Because he's a busy, important man now. We don't talk about that enough, Pete. That I I might have the fancy title. I might have the Football Outsiders Almanac behind me that people can get for themselves at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. You're like practically a big wig over Fantasy Life as they make some good moves, some new graphics. I saw in the email newsletter. You guys are really making strides. Yeah, Samantha Holt does these
0: incredible illustrations for us okay. about once a week. I'll actually pull it up here. I love this one is uh, of Justin Herbert. Uh, look at the the young prince right here, looking swole, jacked up. The crown uh, there. So yeah, Samantha's doing uh,
1: awesome stuff in the newsletter for us. Now we're back on the clock here for our final pick um i'm gonna see if danny gray is still available because now he's on he's on my head there we go the answer is danny gray is always available (laughs) he shouldn't be he caught a fucking 50-yard touchdown or whatever (laughs) exactly yeah all right so we don't need to see this here, but let's look Tanya's team real fast uh but just because he's new here and we want to show love to our our newer people here along with us for the stretch ride kyle john watson joe mixon nick chubb ezekiel elliott diggs judy interesting team that's what i'd say (laughs) It is. It is an interest. I, the
0: running back allocation seems fine. I I'm just, I'm just out on, on Watson as a QB two. I mean, obviously you're making a big bet on Kyler, but eating 11 games there, um, is definitely going to, is going to
1: hurt. All right, so there we go. So there's the draft, and shout out to all the new people watching along with us. Hang out with us every Monday and Thursday at 2.30. My solo stream coming up tomorrow at 2.30 on the Splash Play channel. So come hang out then, and Pete, give the people a plug. Randomizer tonight with one of your old favorites in the fantasy industry.
0: Yes, Sal Sal Stefanile over from 4 for 4. I call him the nicest guy in fantasy. We've worked together over the years. Super excited to do a draft with him. We're actually doing a little later than normal. We're doing 8.30 tonight, and then we're going to roll right into our ship chasing main event draft with Sean Siegel over on ship chasing. So randomizer ship chasing
1: draft tonight if you'd like to come hang. Right, so follow at Peter Rivers, at follow at Chris bags and follow at Splash Play Pod, where we will follow you back. So if you're padding your follow numbers on Twitter and Instagram, go do that. Subscribe to the Peach channel, hit the like button, subscribe to the Splash Play channel, coming out with me tomorrow at 2:30. We'll see you guys again soon. Bye.